0: Good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Uh, I got to tell you guys, this week we've got a real treat. Um, We are going to have Riley Ross speaking with us today. If his name sounds familiar, he's a a close friend of our pastor, uh, Corey, and he appeared on one of his Wednesday night uh, Facebook Live sessions uh, not too long ago. Uh, But here's what I want you guys to understand about where Riley is coming from. Um, I, I often joke that in men's ministry, there's a fine line between manly and cheesy. And uh, Riley is so far on the, the, the manly side of it that uh, um, it, it's pretty incredible. He's had uh, his own career as a college wrestler. He has worked in ministry. Uh, specifically with with young adults and and men. Um, He had his own uh, company where he trained professional fighters. He has worked with the uh, U.S. Special Forces, uh, teaching them how to improve their physical conditioning. And currently, he's coming to us from Ohio, where he is on the staff of the Ohio State University Wrestling Program. Um, So if this is a guy who has... uh, lived inside of what is manly and uh, unattainable for a lot of us, um, you know, this is definitely a guy that we we need to to hear from. Now, Riley, uh, all those accomplishments are cool and amazing, but I know you don't count those as your greatest accomplishments. Uh, You're a husband, you're a father of four, um, and you are a, a guy who just, seeks after God. And we were, we were talking uh, earlier, uh, just this idea of what it takes sometimes to, to push forward in, in our relationships and, and more specifically in uh, growing uh, in our relationship with God. And I, that's where I'd love to start today. If, if you want to frame up that context, what we were talking about earlier, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah. So Dave, thanks for having me. Come on, uh, all you men who are on here. Or women that, that want to hand something off to, to to the man in your life, um, uh, you know. I, I think I, I am just who I am by the grace of God, and I've I've had a lot of opportunities to to just be around some really special people, and it probably means because I've I've been less than, and and so I've I've definitely throughout what I've done and where I've been, my my goal uh, and always my aim is is to be the least important person in my life uh, to try to to make sure that I take care of others. And I, I know that's, a that, that sounds like a very cliche concept, but I, I, I truly have, have put a, a solid effort into that. And it started with having to live with your, uh, your pastor for a couple of years and even deal with him and probably his, uh, his very immature time. So at another time, in another place we can tell stories about pastor Corey and, um, all the things that, uh, that we did. And we, we didn't, uh, Believe it or not, like a lot of times guys do when they meet each other at first, they see things in, in the other that they that they think are maybe a threat to them or maybe even an insecurity they have. And so I, I didn't like Corey initially. Uh, he was not – his crackers didn't sit very well in my bowl of soup, so to speak. And so uh, so um, we, we grew up until I, I actually started running after God. He happened to bring me to the same church where Corey's dad, uh, Brian Demo, who was a big mentor of mine um, – was a pastor there and so uh believe it or not the person that i disliked probably one of the most on campus or the person i had to to uh i had to kind of confront uh, most often in just my walk and who i was and him being who he is he was gracious and embraced me with loving arms as a brother and we've been that way since about 2000 so almost uh 20 years we've been friends and so i say all that just coming into good graces knowing that you guys are incredible hands with Pastor Corey, the staff that he hires, uh, Scott and Desi Rankin are, are some of my dear friends. Eliz Trager, God bless her, um, and and everyone else around kind of that area. So I, I came from that area, um, but I I would tell you um, that as I became a Christian, I, I I wrestled in college, so it's it's probably not the easiest sport if you want to choose one. It's probably the least glorified sport. So some of this I I come by very naturally, but. Uh, Dave, you and I were just talking about uh, the time frame that we're in with, you know, I, like I've, I've discussed, it's kind of a pause moment where, um, <clears throat> you know, we've got a quarantine, we've got COVID, we've got all these things um, that are going on with, with race and with uh, just unrest in our country. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for reflection. Um, but the scary thing is I think most men, um, rationalize their way to, to, to remain comfortable and to re- remain in a place where they don't necessarily have to ruffle feathers or, or, or rock the boat, so to speak. And uh, I, I hopefully what this does is this helps you to, to just be rational in your thinking and your situations and where you're at as much as it is to rationalize yourself into to mediocrity. And, and great men that I know are more rational than they rationalize. And I think uh, you have to be careful um, of the of the former, so and and focus on the latter. So we we talked about that, and and we were kind of talking about this concept of that I've spent my whole career learning how to help people um, grow, and and in athletes, and in in, uh, in in military and special forces and operators, as I call them. Um, you know, if if you're not growing, literally. You're, you're going to fail. Like You can't stay where you're at. And, and we say a lot of times, there's plenty of room at the top. There's just no place to sit down. And so within that, uh, there's this concept that I, that I deal with in sports science and physiology in the body. And it's called um, acute, an acute to chronic training load um, in order to inhibit Injuries, but but develop growth or develop, you know, deve- development in, in that sport or in that skill or whatever it is. And so um, kind of conceptually, when I say acute, that means in the right here, right now. And chronic means over time. Um, and, and not trying to insult intelligence, just make sure that, that I, I'm not uh, talking um, under people who who have another idea of what it looks like. So when we talk about this, day, we, we, we talk about uh, acute to chronic um, with an athlete, a good example is, is one of the standards within the military, the tactical athlete, is there's a two-mile run. Well, part of my job was to help them to run faster and to be in better shape. Well, if you run two miles every single day, you're going to adapt chronically to running two miles, and that's going to be pretty easy. But what happens when you're working with a soldier and, and they, you know, they, their helicopter crashes and they've got to run for six miles? Or, you know, they've got to run, you know, very fast for a mile. Well, you've only adapted and prepared yourself for a two-mile endurance run. And so uh, one of the things that I think um, you have to conceptualize even within that is God wants to develop us fully and wholly. He doesn't want us just to be a one-trick pony. He doesn't want us just to be um, prepared for the situation we're in and the thing that we're doing. He doesn't want us to stay where we're at. Um, it says that he who has clean hands and a pure heart will ascend the hill of the Lord, and so um, clean hands and a pure heart means a lot of work uh, for those of us that get dirty or or work in a secular uh, arena like I do um, in a, in a university that's got a whole lot of ideas and concepts that don't necessarily fit within a the christian so circle but have to be compliant and and uh, and tolerant of other other ideas and other concepts um, and so I have to continually make sure I have a pure heart and clean hands so I can get better at what I do and, and be who God's called me to be. Um, but within the work, I think the scariest thing that, that I, that we're dealing with right now in this time frame is everybody is uncomfortable. And the goal is, is to try to get to be comfortable. And I think it's a really bad, uh, I think it's a really bad, um, goal or a a bad aspiration to to run to is I hear a lot of people talk about returning to normal and and I'm just um in the understanding that that normal is not a good place to be um normal is not a a a, an area where I think God wants us to be normally calls us peculiar people and so uh if you're if you find yourself um you know being persecuted, being questioned about who you are, you're probably in the right place, but if everybody likes you, if nobody questions what you say or what you do, um, you, you might, you might want to be, uh, aware of, of probably not pushing yourself or allowing God to push you in the places you want to be, um, as men we're called to be catalysts. So as we talk about like this acute to chronic thing, what, what I've come across in my, in my time is, um, I've dealt with a lot of people that have chronic pain, um, military probably most especially because of um, the situations they've been in, the, the, the physical things that they've uh, had to endure, um, but also just, you know, everything else that goes along with that and, and also just within other athletes. But um, what I've seen and what I've understood and what I've learned is, is the most elite people uh, and, the, and the most admirable men to me um, don't walk around with a lot of chronic pain uh, if they've chosen to. Now, now sometimes, you know, if, if you're somebody that's laid up with a back issue or an ailment, like sometimes it's out of your control. But the scary thing is, is those people, um, and Paul talks about it a lot when he talks about, there's been a thorn in my side that I've asked God to remove. Sometimes it's just the will of him to have you walk through something. So if that's you, Know that I'm praying for you. Know that, that we're here and, and know that we believe in healing and everything outside of that. But we're, when we talk about acute pain versus chronic, it's, it's um, a, a good example of that is, is something that you know um, somebody's hurt you about or you've hurt them and you tend to avoid the situation just because it's uncomfortable, um, just because it's something that's hard to deal with or it's a, it's a question that you know exposes you or who you are. Um, You know, a lot of those acute issues or acute sins or things that come up like being dishonest, you know, looking, looking at, you know, someone uh, at a a woman with lust looking at, you know, at at something you shouldn't, uh, you know, doing something less than you know, you should or procrastinating like those are acute ways that are going to eventually if you walk down that road and and you follow yourself down that path, they're going to lead to a lot of chronic pain and and that's um, the concept that, that, that Dave and I were talking about is just how do, we, how do we do that as men and how do we know when it's an acute pain and how do we know when it's become a chronic issue in our lives? And so, um, you know, Dave and I kind of came to this crossroads of discussion and he had some questions that we were, we were talking about, so.
0: So again, you're talking this idea of acute pain and chronic pain. And and sometimes God's given us this uh, chronic pain that we're gonna we're gonna carry with us. It, it's His will, uh, you know. Like you said, Paul talks about it. Um, but you know, it's it's the point. Like it's one thing to say, "Oh, you've got to embrace the pain." And I think in athletics, it's easy to see, like, "Oh, this this series of sprints is gonna be painful. This is I'm gonna feel this tomorrow." Um, but we realize on the other side of it, there's, there's growth, there's muscular growth, there's cardiovascular growth. It's, it's all for a purpose, Mm -hmm. but in terms of emotional pain, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe, um, unrepented sin, something like that, that type of enduring that pain for the growth, um, you know, how do we, how do we as men, where, where, where do we fixate on, you know, for, for athletics, it's, I want to bench press more. I want to run faster. I want, there's a goal, right? So um, if you would go down that road of what, what our goal is, why we're going to endure this uh, acute and, and really just that, that process, if you can put, put it in, in, into that sense.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, obviously, most of what uh, is dealt with, and even you know, you talk about the the most austere situation with the soldier. Well, he he signed up for going, you know, to to war. Like he he knows full well what he is tired. As Christians, when when I say I want to commit my life to Christ, none of us know exactly what that is that we're getting into. And and the scariest thing for men is any acute pain, any acute situations where where you're exposed. You don't know where like you automatically think the worst thing and you think for the longest time frame. And so if, if it's, you know, hey, if I tell this person the truth about how I feel or my struggles, or I tell Dave about what I'm really having a hard time with, like, he's going to write me off. I'm going to, I'm like, we, we go to the nth level because that's what the enemy would want. He would want us to be separated from God when we don't realize that in some way, shape, or form we're already been separated from him the enemy would just like to elongate that process and make it always seem, um, you know, worse and the outcome that it is. And, and, you know, by definition, sin will take you further than you want to go. It will have you do worse things than you ever want to do, and it will hold you in bondage longer than you want to be. But initially, you have to deal with not knowing what the circumstances or the situations are going to entail. And, and being able to, when you deal with acute pain is just knowing that, the word says, if God is for me, who can be against me? And so I think you have to a lot of times root yourself in the word consistently. Um, and know that the truth is, is that if I confess my sin one to another, like I'll be healed. No, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that there's not going to have to be consequences for my actions. And depending on how chronic it's been, how how long this is going to take to heal. You know, if if, if you've Uh, you know, done something wrong once, well, you know, it's a lot different than doing it for 10 years of your life. Like there's obviously going to be a lot more deeper consequences, but I would speak to the freedom of, there's always a battle to to get free and there's always a battle to stay free. And those two like are just part of our walk and part of who we are. Um, So when you, when you ask about the acute, like how do we deal with that? I think we, the only way I, I know how to deal with it is I have to rely on his promises because if I have to stare dead in the face, like, well, I would just rather hide my stuff because then like there, you know, at, at least nobody knows. But what I know is that God wants the best for me. He wants what's right for me. And if, if I'm not careful, I end up just trying to protect myself in the process. And I, he protects me and keeps me out of trouble and out of situations way more so than I ever can. I am, I am inefficient and incapable of doing that at the level that he can. And so just understanding that um, acute pain a lot of times is for, uh, is, is a lot of times for our good, for our, our, um, our pruning. If you think about it, that concept, of, you know, that's really what it is, is it's a pruning of our lives so that we can produce more fruit.
0: Oh, no, that's good. So let me ask you this, um, as you know, with with kind of the the format of, of these videos, we love leaving guys with uh, a tangible step to take uh, this week, something we can do this week that's gonna help us grow, um, you know, as a husband, as a father, as a son, a brother, and just as a man. Um, so what would, what's your tangible step for us this week that we can take, um, that, that is going to help us maybe embrace that acute pain a little bit and, and, and move towards the, the growth um, that exists outside of, of dealing with something that's chronic?
1: Yeah, so I th- that's a great question. And I, I think the application lies in, I'm really big, uh, you know, being a, a former professor and, and wanting to make sure that there's a systematic approach um, I, I don't know if there's a systematic one in order to deal with that because usually it's just, it, for you, you might right now, um, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, you know there are things in your life that you have chronic pain with. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to make sure that you're not complacent. Um, the Bible talks a lot about being complacent. And believe it or not, complacency by definition means that you're pleased with yourself yourself not heeding to the possibility of some sort of destruction or demise of you that you have blinders onto. That's what complacency means is if I, if I tell Dave, Hey, Dave, you're being really complacent. It doesn't just mean, Hey, you're, you're full of yourself. It means you're full of yourself because there's an area that I see that is going to be to your, you know, your dismay. It's going to be to your downfall and to possibly your destruction. And so complacency just by definition isn't lazy i know a lot of people think that that's what it means but complacency um is is a place where we're pleased or we've we've at least self-deceived ourselves enough to think well i'm i'm good like i'm okay and i think you have to move from there first um and then the second thing is is you you can't be passive about what you see you have to seek somebody out nobody is going to reach out to you and say hey man do you have any unconfessed sin in your life? Cause I'd really like to help you deal with that. Hey, do you have any issues in your life that you need help with? Because I like you have to go and seek those things out. Um, you know, with 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 your friend and my brother, Corey, um, I I consistently seek him out when I'm dealing with my stuff. And he knows my stuff. I trust him with my stuff. But him and I are, are on a one-on-one basis with this. And I know I can't think that I'm good all the time. There are times when I am, but there's other times I need to make sure that. And then, then I just can't be, I can't be passive and think, well, man, Corey hasn't called me for a while. So like if I, I have to go and seek those things out. I don't have to go also go seek God out in that process. Um, I think the next thing that I, that I really have to do is I have to grasp what it looks like for me and uh, one of the first, um, one of the first scripture verses that I ever uh, that I ever memorized, um, and Corey used to make fun of me about this. He's like, "That's such a, that's such a wrestler scripture. That's such a whatever." But um, it's Romans five three through five that says that that we need to rejoice in our sufferings, that out of our sufferings produce ca- perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope doesn't disappoint us because of the Holy Spirit. And so if you look at the progression of that, the progression of that is suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And so all of us want perseverance. We want to be able to just be resilient. The second thing it was is we want to have character, which means we want to be changed. We want to be different or we don't want to allow something that that happens to us. We don't have control to change who we are, you know. I would, the last thing I'd want is for something tragic to happen in my life and be like, you know, he used to be that, but he's not better because of it. Um, I want to make sure that, that God is using every instance in my life to do that. And so that's, that's something that I've wrapped scripture around very early on in my life is, is I have to flip what most people think is a bad thing into a good thing. Not because I'm, you know, probably, you know, sadistic and, and whatever else you would say in some regard, but it's more so just knowing that it doesn't do me any good to, it doesn't say, hey, wallow in your sufferings, you know, make sure that you're, you know, make sure that you're, you're really counting every one of those as something bad. Like I have to rejoice in those things um, because I, and so a lot of times what I know is that when I'm in a suffering situation or in a suffering place. The first thing is, is whether it's of my choosing or of my not, the enemy doesn't want me to grow in that. And so I have to, I have to know that he's pointing to my weakness. He's pointing to the area that I need to grow in. And if, if I just become complacent, he'd leave me alone. He wouldn't mess with me. And so he's actually pointing towards my growth. So rejoicing allows for me to have action and not be passive out of it. Um, the second thing that I know out of that, that I've really taken to heart is in James, it talks about, that you need to count it as joy when you go through trials of varying to kind because out of that, you will become mature and complete. And I know for me, like, that's what I would like to have is I'd like to be mature, which means I can handle almost any situation that comes in my way. And then the other thing is, is that I can be complete, which means I'm well-rounded and equipped for what God would have me do next. And so um, any job I've ever been in, any place that I've ever been any situation is I always ask the question, am I trying to get out of this early? Am I trying to avoid this so I can go get on to the next thing? And, and he says, any, any hard situation that you're in, you need to count it as joy, which means it's really interesting. It's to almost like it's, it's, this, um, it's this thing that you need to almost like have authority over. So when I count something, it means that I've accounted for it, and I'm going to just go ahead and keep moving past it. I have authority over it. And, and so the, the, the Greek word in there basically means that you you can have authority over your trials and your tribulations. Not by saying, hey, go away, but by saying, hey, I'm going to gonna grow in those things. Um, and I think that is a, a great concept, a great uh, perspective to have when you come into the situation and the times that we're in here in this world, which is, you know, with, with COVID, everybody, you know, I, I thank God that there's a lot of men who, who can't um, – get away from home they have to deal with how their kids are how their kids are acting all those things like they have to deal with that versus letting their wife handle it because they've got to go to work um you know i am thankful that that we are having the unrest that we're having in this world and i count it as joy that that we're having some of the struggles because we get to have very hard conversations with people that we might not have conversations with um there's there's a there's actually a, a youtube um, channel out there uh, by a, a really well-renowned athlete, and it's called "Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man." And before this time, people look at that as that's a really weird thing. But what we started to do and started to embrace is, is there is, there's uncomfortable things that we have to just get through because there's no comfort in growth, and there's no growth when you're comfortable. And so, comfortable and complacency is, is, is the couch in which the enemy loves to sit you in. They love to sit you in there and have you hang out. Um, but, but God would have you ascend. He would have you continue to strive towards those things. And it just means being uncomfortable. And so what I would tell you, if you're not dealing with tough situations, to kind of wrap it up, Dave, and talk about it is there's three ways that I deal with, with trying to just embrace uncomfortability in my life, three, three ways. And that, Our flesh and our spirit are two different things. So three ways that I know to kill my flesh. The first thing for me is to worship, just to like wake up early in the morning to do whatever it is, but, but like, you know, sing in my car, but to give all of myself to God in worship, um, for a lot of men, that's not the most comfortable thing to do, but we have to emote in order to have the proper emotions to deal with, um, during our daily basis Uh, the next thing I know for me is is I have to do some sort of training. I have to not be um, just lazy in the way that I take care of myself. The the word says uh, that physical training is of some value. Um, And so if Paul says something's of value and he counted everything as worthless, you should probably listen. And so that doesn't mean you have to train like an elite athlete or 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 a special operations soldier, but like Get on. do something uncomfortable because you will find God in the middle of that. And what happens is you'll kill your flesh enough that there's going to be some things exposed on you um, in the middle of that. And then the last thing I would tell you is that's the way to kill your flesh. The way to kill your flesh and your soul is to be able to, believe it or not, um, fast. to To make sure that you're fasting on a consistent basis. And that concept is something that Pastor Corey and and Pastor Dave will walk you through at some point if you haven't already, but the application for me is is worship, is working out and fasting. Those are the three ways that I stay consistently in a place where I know that I am going to be prepared for whatever suffering, whatever situation, whatever um, unforeseen problem that I run up against um, just in, in the walk that God's called us to.
0: And that's great. That that is a lot uh, to digest. Um, and uh, Riley, thank you, thank you for spending the time. Thank you for uh, um, for giving us so much to chew on this week. Because just from the idea of 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 worship to you know exerting yourself physically uh, while being focused on what God's got for you and fasting. Um, I mean, I feel like each one of those could probably be an individual, uh, drive time, uh, cause there's, there's so many different facets to each one of them, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's been great to, to listen to you and your passion for growth. Uh, and I think that's really the the biggest takeaway that, I, that I'm getting from just sitting here listening to you talk about it is just your passion for growth, for seeing guys take that step forward, uh, regardless of how uncomfortable it is now, uh, that what it leads to is so much greater than we can imagine. And many times that discomfort isn't going to be as bad as you know the enemy would have us believe. So uh, again Riley thanks for your time. Thanks for uh for spending the morning with us and uh we definitely look forward to having you back again
1: soon. Yeah. Hey Dave is it is it okay if I pray for us as men? Absolutely. Yeah. Um one of the things you guys need to know is that I pray for you and you, and your pastor and, uh, and the, and your staff consistently. So, um, it's always a privilege. I always want to make sure that I do this for you guys and for them. So father, um, just thank you for, for this, um, just this very, uh, unique privilege of being a man, um, in 2020, uh, in, in a place where we know that you called us as men to step in and, and, A lot of people ask for a revival, they ask for change, but I'm just believing for a revolution. And I know it starts in the hearts of of young men um, and and old men. It it calls them to to come together um, and to walk as one. And so, Lord, I'm just asking from the bottom of my heart that you have us ascend on that hill. And I know that some of these men that are listening to this have very steep terrain Uh, that that feels extremely treacherous to climb. And so I'm asking for the strength and the grace to run it well and to finish strong. That's what you ask of us, and that's what you believe for us. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray that you empower us just to see um, the acute issues so that we don't have to deal with chronic pain. Um, Lord, you, you dealt with very acute pain for almost 72 hours so that we wouldn't have to deal with things for the rest of our lives we wouldn't be held to bondage and so you modeled it for us first to the point of sweating in anxiety so much you bled to the point of suffering for death and so we thank you that you committed that to us and so I ask that anybody that questions their commitment would you just help them to renew it and just uh, invigorate them to to just walk it out with with a sense of strength and with a sense of purpose moving forward. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for being the ultimate man for us. Lord, for being the the best father and Holy Spirit, just the closest friend. So walk with us today. Help us to um, be your example of what it means to navigate in this hard time, in these tough situations, and and may we lead with, uh, with courage and with strength. In all this, we ask, we trust, we believe in and through you, Jesus, and back to you, we live our lives. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks, Riley.